Before we start this week's episode, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Andrew. I haven't really done this in a casual way. Um, I'd like to thank you all for joining us. Feel free to follow us everywhere, podcasts, uh, whichever one you listen to. So this podcast, Dallas Famous, it's sort of tongue-in-cheek, but not. There's a lot of people here that make this town great, and I feel like a lot of them are behind the scenes, and you don't get to see or hear their stories, as well as there's a lot of people on stage in front of you that you don't know their stories. So this is sort of to highlight people that are making it happen here and have made it happen here that you may not have ever heard of. And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, doing a podcast is new for me. I'm usually out taking photos and being in the action, and this feels like I'm in a vacuum. So please join me in this Hoover experience, and let's have some fun. I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art his career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all grown? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all for us? Yeah, who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all grown? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all? Michael Kirvin is a promoter and talent buyer in Dallas, Texas. His company, Time to Fly, helps venues and bands, DFW and beyond, book and promote shows. He's a mentor, a family man, and an all-around great guy. Michael is one of the people that really got behind me when I was just getting started shooting shows, and there's many other people in town who have him to thank for gigs and getting their name out there. I hope you enjoy this chat with my friend, Michael Kirvin. Okay, I've got here with me Mr. Time to Fly himself, Michael Kirvin. How you doing today? Pretty good. How about yourself, Mr. Good, Sherman? Good, good. Uh... So I kind of wanted you to be on because the podcast Dallas Famous can mean a lot of different things. And to me, a lot of the stuff that happens here doesn't happen without people making it happen. And you grind harder than anybody that I know with this stuff. And so I, I wanted to just kind of bring you on and get to know you a little bit and talk about how that goes. Um, so let's. Just, oh, I appreciate that, man, very yeah, much. Yeah. Appreciate being here. That's, that's uh, kind. Absolutely. Let's start at the beginning. Origin stories of Michael Curvin. You're from Dallas, right? Yeah, I grew up in Dallas, but I uh, I went to University of Texas, so I left Dallas in 94 after graduating from Jesuit here and went down to Austin for school. And, you know, right at the height of that grunge era, I was really into uh, definitely in the early 90s and going to shows and the Lollapaloozas, and I was already really into the experience and the parties and the good times of, of, of live music since probably like blues in 91, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, in the early days of Billy goat, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and some of the, the good stuff that was going on here locally in Dallas. And that was coming through, uh, you know, Nirvana bands like that rage tool, that those years. Um, and, and then, you know, 94 comes around and I see widespread panic for the first time with my high school sweetheart, I think, and some friends and, um, there at Deep Elm Live. And that kind of showed me what music could do for my soul as mm -hmm. well as the the rock and roll of it. That was a lot of fun too. Um, 
And so I kind of took that down to Austin and living down in Austin, especially in the 90s, mid-90s, late 90s, early 2000s, and what a scene was going on down there. I mean, what a local example of a healthy local scene every day with local music going on. And um, so enjoyed that. Ran into, you know, the band Larry, who I love so much. Right. It means the world to me. I wouldn't be here today without them. Um, I got a chance to get close to as I was going and seeing Wide for Panic and all these bands and the traveling a lot. I traveled a lot to see them, you know, from Red Rocks to Warfield to you name it in the 90s. Uh, and then when 99 came, I graduated from University of Texas and within a week hopped on an Alamo shuttle tour bus that was, uh, you know, made into a tour bus from an Alamo shuttle van. Pretty, pretty cool, mm -hmm. uh, dangerous, but, but pretty cool. <laughs> um, that we used, and I hopped on the road as a tour manager with those guys from like '99 to 2005 with Larry. With Larry, yeah. So that was that was a time frame that I'm not sure what year was what. It was so wild and, and so much fun and being out there with those guys so, and living in Austin. So wait, so you you okay? So like that one really quick for me. So sure. you like you're into music like everybody else, but then you find this deeper connection, and then you. Like, did you have especially this... with the with the jam scene, the the vibe of that community, right? right. The, did you have seeing Panic and Fish and, and Cheese and all of them back in the day, and the sure. you know the back end of the dead and, and some things. So, um, but but yeah, but yeah. It, but I mean, so really what I'm asking, that what I'm asking is, so me on. you you realize you like you love music, so you're not a musician, I I, I guess. So no, so then no, you just I, saw I your... play a calculator, is what I, so <laughs> right? I... But what I guess what I'm trying to get to is, so like what. Like, how did that happen? You just, like, they just asked you to do it before you thought about doing it? Or you just like, well, I it was something I wanted to get. I was, you know, I was 21, 22, okay. and I was down there. And I was, at that point, even getting people to come out to the Mercury and, and getting people to come out to shows and uh, trying to support the local musicians there by bringing people out, having house parties, and then bringing people down. Um, and so I got to be real close with them and the guys at the Mercury Club, uh, which is like the White Rabbit. And then it went to the Mercury. Oh, I mean, the year scene at the Galactic there, and Jimmy Smith, Victor Wooten, you know, uh, String Cheese, uh, just to name a just say just to name a handful right. of things that came through this small shotgun bar, uh, and then you know got to know those guys and Larry, and uh, just wanted an opportunity to to get involved in the work of it, mm -hmm. so they gave me an opportunity to hop on that bus and and go out there and watch after the dollars and cents and make sure A's and B's were being done right and keep an eye on those door people and make sure that they were collecting the money they should be and not letting everybody in and right. things like that, that really I could help do. And the merchandise was key. And, and then uh, A to B safely was, was the goal. So you're suddenly you're managing a band and you're like in it, like you're in the music scene at this point in Austin, which is like you said, like an amazing scene. It was such a great time. Um, and great so era. that went on for a few years. We're, we're, Beautiful like, people. While you were doing that, where you're like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like how did you like start thinking like I want to shift? Uh, you know, I just knew I wanted to be around that energy, that scene, the festivals I was going. I mean, we were, we were running around high Sierras and salmon festivals. Uh, we did um, high Sierra 2000, 2001 with Umphreys doing dates with those guys when they were just coming up. You could tell how good they were then wow. when they were, wow. you know, Right, right around my age, you know, um, but uh, the time. But uh, it just let me know it's where I wanted to be. It's was kind of what I wanted to do. And Larry was, I thought we, we were going to go on forever, of course, mm -hmm. you know. Sure. And then life just has a way of, of handling itself. And and so when that had to kind of taper off, I was like, all right, well, we didn't have, we dropped the agent. And so, well, I guess I could try to book. 
And I, so I started to book Larry's because we had a good home ground in Texas and we could do roof run Texas and do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the Aardvark in San Antonio to Austin to up there in Lubbock. Oh God, those Lubbock days. You know, Dallas, Aardvark and Fort Worth and Dada, you know, he used to play after the dead thing all the time back in the day. That was just great times with those. So we could, we kept doing that. Um, and of course, Kenny Withrow came in. That's mm-hmm. where I met Kenny and he played with Larry the last year or so. So wait, so Kenny played, was that before or after New Bohemians had broke? Oh, way after. Way, way after. after. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This was just uh, towards the end of Larry with Torin and, and uh, hopefully we can still do some reunion shows with those guys. They played my wedding, which is great. But, you know, that just loved them. They're like family, so forever. And uh, and so Jeff Bradbury and Andy Vickers and Tom Vickers and Fee and Spanky and Bob Perkins and just, I mean, Bob and Manette. We had Christopher Rosagi. We had just so many Nick Chambers. I mean, it's, it goes on and on, you know. Sure. Uh, and that's how, you know, like like a lot of the, the Bozart brothers and the Grooving Grounds and those guys that do Heartburn and like it was a big family that came from that those years when that support system is still there for us all out yeah. there in the world, which is great. Fantastic out there. So, so you're still in in Austin at this point? What, what? Yes, I was until 2006. And then you know, I was just about to be 30. And my father was really sick with cancer. And I was coming back a lot for a year to help him go through those chemo treatments sure. and traveling back every other Wednesday and trying to live in both worlds. And then, you know, he had to give up. It wasn't working and hospice came in. And so I'm the youngest my brothers and my brother and sister both have kids, three kids, and they're just busy. And so I came back to Dallas to help him, you know, to 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 the end, basically, mm-hmm. take care of him. Um, those were tough, tough times. Yeah, I turned thirty on April eleventh, and he died fifteen days later on the twenty sixth. Oh, so it was hard, and he was my best friend in the world, and I loved him dearly. And so, you know, I was in a bad place. I could have gone one way or the other. And uh, the Green Elephant was here, and they were moving over to where, where it is now. It was home bar then. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, the home bar days back in the day. Wow. <laughs> Talk about uh, memory lane. But, um, you know, gave me an opportunity to book Wednesdays and Fridays. They were just going to do Wednesdays and Fridays. And I knew what it was like to be down in Austin with that healthy live music scene, that local scene, and that, you know, in the, on top of the big stuff and the touring stuff. Of course, we won't want all of it, but the healthy scene was that local culture. And, so I started trying to bring bands in that I knew from all over the place and then get some local bands here in town. Like, let's work together. Let's get them coming out and supporting each other. Not only, you know, seeing them on stage, but seeing them in the crowd, supporting each other. That was mm-hmm. very important. I mean, that's the how the New Orleans thread is weaved, you know. And mm-hmm. so that that was a big drive of mine in those years, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And, you know, just to even change the attitude on Dallas in the jam scene in those years. Yeah. That you know had a bad rap for nothing going on, or you know, I was yeah. I was going to some festivals there, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatnot, you know, out there, you know, Bacos and Bonnaroo's, and I was I was grinding at those years. I mean, still still am today, but those were crazy years. And here, and you know, you're in Dallas now, you know, I'm sorry or whatever, uh-huh. and I'm like, well, oh, oh no, don't be sorry. <laughs> kind of, it's okay. I kind of stepped. I was like, all right, so I was determined to do what I could, yeah, to help change that attitude and energy here and 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 uh and how can we get the local scene and the local artists here working together in, in the in the in the realms and the genres and whatnot that i i love and hold dearly you it's know? and it seems for some reason like even a more uphill battle here than other cities i mean 
but yeah, and it's a battle everywhere. Yeah, you know. Um, but you know, there's when you get good people together, man, and all in the same room from yeah. fifty to five thousand, whatever it yeah. is, it's the magic and it's the the true juice of it all. And then we're living well here and enjoying music around our friends. And yeah, I you mean, know, it's you have those, to be you have yeah. to be you have to be grateful for that every time. Yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of people appreciate live music even more after COVID, but. There's a For core sure. per group of people. You're definitely the head of that of people I know. That it's just oh, just part of the live, part of the team. Man, yeah. there's so many great characters and individuals here. That but but I was gonna say live bring all that together. Live music. I just feel like it's just it, the appreciation for it has gone up. But there's a group of people like you who who obviously everyone I see at every show who like it's that's a way of life. Just being at a live show, no matter like well, not no matter who it is, but like it, a wide range of great music. Um, you know, right, and 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 my, my son to be around that, yeah, and and tie in, you know, the family of it all, and and again, that support system we get from it is like, you know, you think about success in it all, and of course, dollars and cents, and we need to create revenue, but yeah, well, so okay, it's also so, just a quality of life, like you're saying, that really is a a, a, a equal yeah. measure of success, absolutely. Well, so let's let's um, so you start booking for Green Elephant. What what point does Time to Fly become a thing? Well, I did. I was down in Austin in 2005, around that year, before I moved back, and starting to book, which I hadn't done. I was just doing tour management stuff and the business management, the counts, and trying to watch the money like a hawk. But uh, uh, the booking part I had never really done. But I was like, I can, I can do this. I knew mm-hmm. the, the agent that they have been working. Had, so I started to do that. And then I started talking with, you know, Josh Pierce is in Moving Matter. And those guys and other, well, I guess I could try to book, help book for them. And so I started to do that sort of thing and put them into Lubbock and into Dallas and Austin, wherever I could. I had some, with the contacts in Colorado and things they, that they work from and, and, and try to get us all working together again, how, you know, we're stronger together and let's coordinate mm-hmm. to try to help these bands get out there and help every individual within each band get out there and do their thing. It was a big drive. And um, so I create time to fly there. You know, like okay. trying to figure out a name for it. I pulled it from Surprise Valley, Widespread Panic, and it had to come from a panic line. I <laughs> sure. took a while for that, but to, Time to Fly was what it was. And just to put a name on it, to start booking and doing things in those in 2000. And then I came to, had to come back to Dallas. And then coming back here, and I was such a small fish in a big pond there in Austin, you know, mm-hmm. like there's here maybe needed a little bit more of that. And, and so, you know, that's where the world navigated me from my father's situation which was an atom bomb for me but in time i wouldn't be here today i wouldn't you know sitting in austin my my family and all my friends and everything a lot of what's here for me i wouldn't have happened if i didn't have to come back to do that and so it took a while to see that but you know that's that's where and then time to fly started to to grow from there right in six seventy nine ten and and so forth and of course granada theater and mike schoder i mean he i mean him have been so friends for so long He's mentor to me, big brother, and you know we used to CD World and I used to run Technophilia back in Austin. We used to trade off CDs back in those CD days, oh, CD right. Warehouse days. Uh, and of course, Larry would come to town, and we'd go play at his house till the break of dawn uh, huh. after shows. And and so I knew that. And of course, working with him at Granada and doing some things in those early years of Granada too was 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 uh, awesome. Yeah. You know, and of it's, course, Cordain was Sundown, and it's still, I mean, that's family. You know, and and of course, you know, Deep Elmar Company and. And just um, just a lot of lot of good people. And, yeah, and I mean, camps. I've been I've been at Deep Elm since the beginning, but like for me, Granada, like I kind of stepped in. That was just like this, like it's a pinnacle. It's like a landmark venue for bands to play. 
um, in Dallas for sure. And oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. it is, and, it, and it's provided such a great example over the years from way back on how you do it, how you treat people, yeah, um, the energy they're in, and there's been a lot of people that have come through there that have been had the pleasure to work there and honor you for whatever their tenures and have gone off and do other things and they take that yeah. energy and they apply it out there in other arenas. Yeah, there's something about that 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 space. I mean Yeah. Um, and and Mike Schoder and, and Julia and Yeah. And, and he used to be a taper. Is that true? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I still have a bunch of his tapes he used to give me. Oh that's great. Yeah. I just heard that recently. That's interesting. Um so I mean, we've already <coughs> done some of this, but like, give me some more of your like moments, like music concerts in Dallas or venues, or just moments that that come to mind when you think of like some of my favorite Dallas bands or Dallas shows. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, I know you have a million of them in your head. That, like, I was just like, as you started the question, I knew you were headed, and it's like just all the stuff flew through my mind. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I'll tell you fairly recently, the Lettuce Show at Granada Theater oh, yeah. was. I mean, I just absolutely love those guys. It was Cynthia's birthday, and that was a really special night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I you know it's hard to say. You know that Billy Strings night at Arco. Wow, yeah, was pretty epic. That, you know, it was. Uh, it wasn't even that so crowded. It was a you know a point in history, a moment, and yeah. so that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing what the that snarky puppy recording down there not too long ago was right. just absolutely f- phenomenal. It, it was really amazing stuff to be around. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard for me to to really. You know, that's, that's a tough. That's a tough question. Yeah. Um, that's just amazing. There's yeah, so many. There's so many. True. There's so many moments. I feel like that's all we're doing is creating memories. Yeah. All the time, and you know, how, it's like, how can I slow them down sometimes? So it's like sometimes engaging these shows is like, how can I stretch the seconds, man? Yeah. So it's not just. Yeah. tomorrow and I mean that's for me it's like I, I have the Rolodex of photos to go back and remember shows and moments and you know it's yeah it's, see I mean thank, thank God somewhat for social media yeah. because you know with Facebook stuff I can look back now because uh-huh. I engage that with, with memories and shots of pictures of people and bands Every... and, and family moments and I can see that but if I, like Larry Days man that too bad to having that because yeah. I'm not sure I still have some disposable cameras I need to freaking <laughs> develop I don't know 2001 to 2004 sometimes like what is Right. It's all the same. If they're still good or not, I wonder. Yeah, right. If it's still, I've, I still need to try. Yeah, no, but I mean, I'm glad that you do what you're doing here because I'm, I mean, I'm a deadhead and it's funny. I'm like an older deadhead, I guess, at this point. Um, so I didn't get into a lot of these younger jam bands. So then just getting exposed to all of them. And, and like, I mean, I know a big... Well, our, our relationship, meeting you and having come down and getting engaging all this to, to, yeah. to do what you're doing now and... All the support we've been with yeah, each other, yeah, and I should it's say, over the years, on, it's absolutely. On it's Mike, a, I, I treasure it, bud. Yeah, no, on Mike, I should say you. You were one of the people in my corner. You understood early on the value of the photos and the social media connection, and it's not like that sounds stupid to say, but it 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 wasn't obvious to a lot of people, and you know, pictures say pictures can speak a thousand words, yeah. and some of those illustrations of people smiling and, and and having fun and bands playing and that energy you can. You collage that with a, mm-hmm. a message and an energy of like you know this is the place to be this is and, and then if you can't do with us well then wherever you're at go see some live music be yeah. with your friends hug your friends enjoy life smile make sure you let people know you care about them yeah I mean that's uh, while you can it is a good way to you know it's like it's it's I mean we get getting older and it's not always a party but it's still always a good time to go see a live show you know for sure it has to be <laughs> Absolutely. so uh 
you know, I'm at Artco, or I was at Artco a lot, and I'd see you at a lot of shows, at all, actually all over town, not just there. Um, and uh, I don't know, we have this spidey sense, I feel like, uh, when, because you like, you love to take photos of the event. Well, I mean, the reason we all take these photos is to document the events, but you were Right, doing, and I love to take photos. I, just, I love taking yeah. photos, especially of people and bands and, yeah. you know. I don't necessarily want to be in all of them. I like to right. know, take care of others. But right. yeah, go ahead. Well, no, that was it. Like, I mean, then, so I, you kind of, I kind of met you and you started like, you know, getting me into shoot stuff. And, and then I guess, well, you take over about. Oh yeah. No, no. I, prior to you, I was so excited when we met and we wanted to get involved with that. And I'm like, hell yeah, man, let's, 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 of course, like anybody else that would ask me for help. And, and, uh, and, and then we developed a good friendship and you were starting to come out to shows to, to take pictures. And, Prior to that, I knew if I didn't get myself down there or if I didn't get down, I wanted to get shot of the opener. And like I was down there taking a few, it might not get done. And then, damn it, mm-hmm. we didn't get it. So it was, it would give me anxiety. It would give me, <laughs> I would try to get out of the house. I would be rushed because of that, knowing how to get, and then get down there. And that would be my first thing. I'd come in there. I wouldn't even really listen to the music. I'd be right on that agenda. Yeah. And because it needed to get done, it really did. And sure. it was impo- it's important, especially in the marketing department, especially when trying to get Arco off the ground at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that would give me a sense of anxiety. And then when you started to get involved, I could relax a little bit more. I could come in and actually say hi to somebody and just go get a beer at the bar. Right. I didn't necessarily run beeline right to start taking pictures because I was so worried about that. It was a, certainly nice. And then, so I really appreciate that energy as it started to develop. And I still do to this day. And then I do think it's funny that I I do I'm gonna take mine too and I love we get together we you give me some I have mine I put it together and, right, and make right. it work and it's always good to get things from different perspectives and different people but sure. um, and then I'll pull out my phone to take a couple of pictures and I swear you're nowhere to be seen before I pull my phone out but if I pull that phone up in the air <laughs> you beeline across the room you're like no 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 I got this uh, I'll take this picture I, it is the most funny thing ever and there's a few people that I've actually tested it with and gone wait okay watch and, and next thing you know you come over it's hilarious and it's awesome and I love you for it that's it's just it's funny. just fun you that's know? funny yeah I mean I do get I'm gonna like I'm here to take the photo like nobody else should bring out a phone or anything I know. Like, it's and my I job. love that about you buddy keep it up <laughs> that's so funny oh uh, yeah well I mean I'm going to so. yeah and I'm gonna keep pulling it out and see if I can get you if I'm not sure where you're at and I want to talk to you I'm just gonna pull my phone up in the air and wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bat signal. It's like the bat signal. That's funny. Um, okay, I, you're a really positive person. This next one might be tricky for you. You don't have to name any names, but like, all right, give me some things about Dallas you wish could improve. Like, it could be about the music scene. It could be a city thing. It doesn't have to be specific to this conversation. But, um, you know, that's I don't know. That's hard for me to say. I think just more just. To remain, remain supportive of each other all the time, no matter what, even if it's not your style of music or mm-hmm. your, you know, and just, you know, be grateful for others and and uh, and more more uh, more patience mm-hmm. out there, especially sure. driving around, <laughs> <laughs> especially in the road. You know, that's that's it. You know, yeah. it's, patience is the key. Yeah, I'm working on it every day. Every day. Cool. Um, okay, so let's go to a little bit of the mentor corner because that's a big part of your whole thing talk to me first about maybe a a promoter or a manager or someone that wants to get into that side of the business like give me some advice to get started for somebody oh man first first of all definitely the passion and love for it you know and and uh, there's a labor of love 
a, a lot of times with it. And you have to be able to, to dig that, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and then, you know, work in different capacities um, to find out, you know, what specific areas you may want to focus on uh, or what you don't. Because, you know, from tour management or management, uh, it's marketing sides of things. And then there's booking. Um, you know, there's publicist work. Very key, good publicists. You mm-hmm. know, so many good female publicists out there. Women do such a great job at that. I feel like it's hard to find. I, you know, and they can be expensive. But, you know, there's just so many. And diversify what you can bring to the table. Mm-hmm as much as possible so you can create revenue in different ways and make ends meet that way versus uh, the need for one or the other. And, and, uh, and then, you know, hopefully you can strike it in one Avenue or the other, um, that you, that you really, really want to get into, you know, I guess mm-hmm. the, the love for it is, has been the biggest drive of mine for yeah. 20, 20, 25 years. I feel man. like you have to have that because there's too many moments yeah. where you're like, what am I doing this for? Nobody's here. I'm not R- making any money. The stress fit, it's up and down. It's yeah. a, you know, it's a, you're only good as your last at bat. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this to a few people. I feel like it's, the, the person that brings, it's okay. The person that brings audience to the show should get paid the most because I feel like that is hardest job there is. Now, granted, certain bands are going to bring people, but you can bring people to a great show that right. people don't know about. That is a skill. True. Well, and like, but it, the revenue, it's got to be there for everybody. Well, sure. You know, the venue has to be doing well, the bars and staff, the people, I mean, the musicians on stage. I mean, everybody has to be doing well in that department or like, you know. Well, everyone's got to be doing their job. But right. I, I just True. Like, and I just, again, I, I being part of the team with it all yeah. has always been, you know, yeah. and I, I tend to put others first a lot of times. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's funny about that. It's like you probably, if somebody like, you know, you're telling you, no, you should, you should put yourself first. I feel like that is the worst advice with this stuff. Yeah. I don't think that's going to get you very far in the no, long term. It doesn't. I don't think that's good for your inner chi. Yeah. To like engage anything like that. But you have to have ambition. You can't right. not, yeah. you know, but there's a proper balance and there's, there's proper ethics with it all. And, and always remain honest. Yeah. As your word is everything. I mean, you can put things on paper, stamp it, blood on whatever, but your word has got to be, you know, worth something. Absolutely. Don't uh, ever break that. Yeah. Let's, uh, okay. How about young bands? Cause I'm sure you get hit up by bands all the time. Like we want you to promote us or what can we do to help our situation? Um, oh yeah. Okay. And I love, and I love that. And I want them always to come up and hit me up because that's what's been back from the beginning for me. Yeah. Um, and how I can help them, whether I can physically do it or do it for them, or if I can help advise them or give them some help on a two cents or whatever I can toss their way and put, I'm always there to help. Uh, uh, I think, you know, you, you get your, you know, you get your good, good group together, you know, you gotta make sure that, 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 that core synergy is there, uh, and then, uh, develop your craft and, and, uh, you know, develop your media, mm-hmm. uh, and make sure you're, you're, uh, you're making the most out of every engagement. You're you're maximizing the content you get from everything. You're 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 connecting the dots and and and, and making everything related um, for a long term long term plan that uh, that you have to have to be ag- aggressive, but also be patient mm-hmm. with. It's tricky, man. I mean, I, it's I, not easy, and in the world will the world will happen. And pandemics will. I mean, got, yeah. prior to the pandemic, man. Oh man, so things were just flowing so good. We were we were mm-hmm. heading the right direction and had such a, a April. 2020 calendar the spring uh, calendar of arco that had set from the fall before and and, and my boys mojo and this with a couple a couple examples which just things were 
so flowing so well and, and then things happen yeah and life happens and you have to keep at it and um again be supportive of your of your bandmates at all times man mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's really tricky to succeed and it's like you got to at least be having fun and, and, and having some kind of fulfillment and probably a day job. I think. Right. You do. <laughs> you do need some. Yeah. Multiple revenue streams. You can't don't have that stress. And sometimes it's unavoidable. But if you can strategize to to alleviate with some extra revenue in another in another capacity, it will help that cause for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have speaking of that? Do you have other stuff going on besides just promoting well, the shows? You know, I do. I, I, I definitely have family, family things that that um, I'm involved with, um, but which is great. I've got a great family support system. Yeah. I'm so blessed. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'm really excited working on the Dallas Reggae Music Festival. Oh, uh, that's yeah. coming up in April. Um, but this is primarily what I do all the time, every day. And uh, whether it's you know booking shows or helping bands into a parties or there's lots of things I'm doing that are not necessarily promoted situations, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm here at that every day. Yeah, I think that's important. To, and to... love working for Granada and Sundown and, and Arco and anybody else I can uh, to support uh, the people that I love mm-hmm. is one of the things that I've been fortunate to do and be able to do is to work for and with. Uh, people I care about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's important to people to hear that you do a lot of stuff that you don't talk about because I think the illusion of social media is like, oh, well, this guy's doing this and this is all he needs to do and this person's surviving on this. It's like, no, I mean, I've got 10 things going back here. Too, Absolutely. You know? For sure. You it, know, and then also, you know, I'm trying to be a take, you know, be a good husband and good father and, yeah. and battle back from, from some tough a tough loss, you know, yeah. that was not and easy for us. And you're playing soccer now too, right? Yes. I played a lot when I grew up, played a lot of the Jesuit, um, soccer, played a lot of club soccer and, uh, really getting back into it. Um, I'm, I'm going to play again this spring. I've been playing keeper and, uh, doing pretty, doing pretty well. well so, okay. You know, we haven't, we didn't win too many, we didn't win too many games, but I, well, I did, I did pretty fucking well. <laughs> I feel like that's, I, I can't imagine playing soccer at this age, but. Uh, you're... It's fun to compete, man. It's fun to get out there and, and, and do the stretches and the warm ups, and then for that full, you know, hour before and an hour and a half of the game or so, uh, like my mind is completely blank, and I'm out there just focusing and playing with these guys, and I love the guys on the team, and it's a great escape, That's um, cool. you know. And then I like I like to compete, man. I yeah, was, <laughs> I never like to lose. <laughs> yeah, no, you're a big sports fan. I know yeah, that. Yeah. I know that. What what what's next? I mean, I know the Dallas Reggae Fest is coming up, but what else has you got on the horizon uh, for, you, for you? Um, I am uh, very excited to uh, to to go to Backwoods this spring and take Cynthia right around my forty seventh birthday, mm-hmm. uh, and after a couple panic shows there down in Austin prior, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and of course uh, excited for uh, trying to get out this summer with uh, Austin and Cynthia and do some camping and. Uh, and do some fun things with them uh, in the family family department. You know? Right. Cool. Okay. Well, I, I want to thank you because I feel like without you doing what you do, I wouldn't get to shoot and see a lot of the jam bands that I personally, it's my favorite genre. So that's cool. But in general, what you do for a lot of these bands and, it's uh, it's it's awesome, and they're lucky to have someone like you in their corner. So thanks again for coming and talking to me. Yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Appreciate you. That was Michael Kervin on the Dallas Famous Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can check us out on Deep Elm Radio every Sunday and Tuesday at 1 p.m. And then again after that on all the podcast places. Theme song Unstoppable by Salim Nerala. 
Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.